Wow. I shared, last time I spoke, I shared really, really briefly, but I didn't actually tell the story properly. But it was about um, this story about how a five-pound note just appeared on me out of nowhere. And um, I was on my way to work one morning, and I was running late because of train problems. And uh, I got up to Victoria Station, and I was on my way to work, and I headed towards the tube station. And on that train journey... I'd literally just, because basically I kind of use my, my phone case as like a wallet, although I virtually never carry cash on me, but I have my cards in there. And I'd literally just been going through it, and I'd taken everything out. And um, there was nothing in there other than my cards. Um, and, um, but anyway, I'm, I'm, going, I'm like rushing to this tube station, and I see this, this homeless guy who is, his bed is basically newspapers. Like that's, that was his bed, it's just newspapers. And... He's asking people if they have any change, and normally I'd like to go and you know I'd like to go and sit down with them and have a chat for a while and stuff like that. But I was actually late to the trains, and I went in my pocket and I was like, all I had, I think it was 13p. I was like embarrassed. I was like, I'm so sorry. All I've got is 13p. He goes, that's okay. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm really thankful for that 13p. And um, so I just you know I just blessed him and. I went on my way, and I went down the steps into the chief station. And, um, and then I just, just before I went for the ticket barrier, I just paused for a moment. And I was like, in my heart, I just said, Lord, if you can put any money on me right now, well, I don't care how much it is, I promise I will go give it to him. And I really meant it. I, even no matter how much it would have been, I, I really meant it in that moment. And um, soon as literally as I was saying it, do you ever find sometimes when you're praying, God answers you while you're still asking the question? He does that. He's clever, isn't he? Um, but so he lit this Holy Spirit, just gentle whisper inside me. He's like, open your phone. Literally, so I've just looked at this. I've taken all the contents out. I open my phone. And there's a crisp five pound note just lying there. I was like, wow. And I went and told this guy and he was like, he, he was like blown away because he could tell that I was shocked. He was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, this is crazy. And he was like, this homeless man was just standing up there praising God in the middle of the street. And um, it was amazing. Um, and I've tried to make it happen since then when I, when I really wanted a coffee. But it hasn't worked so far. But, um, but it got me, things like that get me thinking. And there was another story recently where um, I shared a while ago about one of my sons. Um, a few years ago, he appeared to a dream, appeared to someone in a dream who'd, who'd never met him before. This is when he was about uh, four or five um, and they were trying to have a baby, and they hadn't been able to have a baby. And um, basically, they, they came around our house. This is one of my friends who just got married. So, and um, his wife had we hadn't like properly met before. My wife hadn't met, him, met her at all. She started telling us about this dream, and she said, "I think it's your son." And um, you know, I feel, I feel like it's your son. And um, just then, my son Joel came down from a nap, and she was like, "That's the boy that was in my dream." And um, he said to her in the dream, God's going to give you a baby. And a week later, they were pregnant. Um, but anyway, this, this year, that was a few years ago, this year they came, they came back round because we meet up every year. And um, she's about, their daughter's about two now. And um, it was just really funny because um, she's never been able to roll over, which in, I think in like medical and developmental terms... Um, a baby should be able to roll by sort of four to six months normally. 
And I think, obviously, there's leeway either side. But, you know, if, if a child's two and they're not able to roll, then medical people start to get a bit concerned because they're thinking, is there, you know, something cognitively not right or developmentally that's, that's wrong? And two is quite late. So they were telling us about how she's never rolled over in her whole life. And we were having this conversation. And then she just starts rolling past us. <laughs> this is in our lounge. Just rolling. And they're like, they're just telling me all about it. And she's like rolling behind them. And they're like, and we're just like in hysterics. And literally, she just rolled like for like half the morning that day. She's just rolling around the house. It was so funny. And um, the, there's just a couple of recent examples of like, how God heals people and how God ministers just through his glory and his presence when we don't even know what's going on. We had no idea. No one prayed for anything or anything like that. We're just having a conversation. And it's God just healing people through his glory, through his presence, through his grace. You know, over the years, I've seen people, I've walked past somebody who had a brain aneurysm years ago and he wasn't able to sit upright for like more than about a minute or two. And I found out at the end of the evening, when he'd been sat up there for two years, obviously he'd been healed. It was as we walked past the guy, God just healed him. There's a dynamic going on here that actually goes beyond the healing ministry. And actually goes beyond performing miracles, performing signs and wonders. It's actually a different level of God's operating. It's a different level of his operation. Stuff you haven't prayed for. Stuff you didn't even know was going on. You had no idea. We can't put it down to us. It's not about our anointing or anything like that. It's not, that's nonsense. It's about him. It's about his presence. But it's also about our nature and our birthright as glory carriers. We live in an age where I believe, honestly believe God is moving in an unprecedented way across the earth right now. You know, we talk a lot about revivals of the past and stuff like that. And Obviously, you know, I love reading about that kind of stuff and the intensity of the way that you hear God moving is quite incredible in some of these revivals. However, I think it's pretty true to say that never has there been such a global move of God as there is right now. People stepping into their identity as sons and daughters and walking in signs and wonders and the church waking up to that, it's literally happening across the world. And if you look at those historical revivals, they were all happening in like one, normally one isolated place. And they might have spread. Some of them were in almost entire nations, but still, it was one nation. Even though this is happening though, the language of the church still needs to catch up. Because we're still focused a lot on the idea of getting more of God and getting more of his power. And we're asking. We spend a lot of our time asking and praying for stuff. And I actually think there's a huge ignorance thing in the church as to how much we already have. How much is already ours. The Bible tells me heaven has already been opened. And Ephesians, if you read Ephesians, I love Ephesians. It actually tells us that we already have so much of his power already inside us, more than we could even imagine. Sorry, I keep getting this stupid message coming up on my phone. <laughs> now, um, like when, when I think about like my ministry, like some people would say like my ministry is um, like signs and wonders and miracles or whatever, but actually, I actually believe that it isn't. I actually think the thing that I feel like God's called me to is a ministry about truth and believing. Because actually, miracles are the fruit of just believing right. Now, 
the amount of power and glory we have is not the problem. The problem is between our ears. Now, I was laughing at the beginning because the first song that we were doing was one of like the key things I was going to talk about. Habakkuk 2.14, where it says, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. I'm sure everyone's, a lot of you are familiar with that. But do you notice what it doesn't say? It doesn't say it will be filled with the glory. It says it will be filled with the knowledge of the glory. And that song actually said, my whole life is filled, not will be filled. And the word, the word in that for um, knowledge is yada, which is the most intimate word for knowledge in the Hebrew language. It's actually the same word. Some people will know this already, but it's actually the same word that's used for when Adam and Eve started having babies. So it's intimate. It's an intimate form of knowledge. So it's a form of knowledge that comes through our relationship, our intimate relationship with God. Why doesn't it say that the earth um, will be filled with the glory? Because it was speaking of a day when the glory is already there. The only thing is missing is people's awareness of it. And that's why, that's why it's praying for the knowledge. So what is the cause and the source of that glory? I'll tell you. I will tell you. Hold on a sec. Right. The answer is in Colossians 1. So, Colossians 1, 26 to 27. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations. So it was kept hidden from people like Habakkuk. They could see a glimpse, but they couldn't see the full story but is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, if you were to look at a definition of hope, a good definition of hope isn't some some fanciful, far-off thing. It's a confident expectation. Confident expectation. So you could say, Christ in you, the confident expectation of glory. You know, when Solomon prayed at the dedication of the temple, the glory was so great, the priests couldn't even do their job. You have more glory than that inside you. In fact, it was already greater in Haggai's day. If you've read the book of Haggai, actually a promise that God gives to Haggai is that when the temple is restored, he says that the glory will be greater now than it was in the former days. And that's still within old covenant times. We've leaped from that, way beyond that. The only thing missing is our awareness of it. And it's about cultivating a thought life that's based on truth rather than the devil's propaganda. When the church actually realizes what's inside them, the whole world will be totally turned upside down. And ultimately what I'm talking about today is about, really it's about Believing in things versus wanting to believe in things. That's part of it. You know, I could say, I might say I subscribe to something and I know that to be right. And that's why I sign my name up to that. That's what I say is true. 
But that doesn't necessarily mean that it defines my daily reality. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm living that. And what I feel like God wants to do tonight is shift mindsets into the realm of faith. So one of my key scriptures tonight is Romans 12.2, which you will, of course, be familiar with. It's a favorite of mine. I'll just start from one. So, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Wow. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, that word... Um, renewing means to make new. The Greek word there to be, to make completely new. So it's like a complete abandonment of old ways of thinking. It's not like a, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start thinking a bit more like this or, you know, it's not a slight shift in direction. It's a complete abandonment of old ways of thinking. It's a completely new mindset. A completely new way of approaching the way you look at the world. So you could say, be transformed by the unbrainwashing of your mind. Because if we, if our minds need to completely, completely change in the way that they see things, there's a reason for that, isn't there? It's because they've been filled with the wrong stuff. In Ephesians 1, uh, I think it's verse 19, Paul actually prays for our eyes to be opened so we would see how much power is already ours. Now, he's praying for our eyes to be open. That means they must be closed. He's praying for our eyes to be opened. You know, the language of the world today is lack and limitation. If you think about it, it really is. Every news headline, pretty much, that you could read, there will be something originating originating from the source of lack and limitation. What we need to realize is that we've actually been brainwashed right from the very beginning. How do I know if I've been brainwashed? Simple. Find, look in the Bible for some outrageous promises of God and ask yourself if you're experiencing that. So here's, here's a really cool thing. So in Romans 12:2, it says, I'll read it again. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transformed in Greek, I'm going to try and say this, metamorphosed. That's probably not right. But it's the same word that is used to describe what happens to Jesus in the transfiguration when he is actually revealed in his glory. It's the same word. So, when our minds are renewed, when our minds are unbrainwashed, when we think completely differently, the glory gets revealed. It becomes tangible, like it was with Jesus. It becomes tangible. You know, the miraculous is less about praying for it, and it's more just a consequence of right thinking. I actually believe, like, 
We're living in really uncertain times in the world right now, and you see that in the news a lot. But the greatest war the world has ever seen is actually being waged in our minds. It's true. And as hard as it is to accept, I actually believe that we'll really know we're on our way to victory when we realize that the enemy has already got inside our heads. That sound, might sound a bit depressing. I don't want to depress you. But it's true. And actually seeing that and realizing that's true, that is the first step to freedom in that area. You can't uproot lives if you're in, if you're in denial about their presence there. Second Corinthians 10, Paul talks about this in verse 5. He talks about demolishing arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. The intimate knowledge of God. It's about uprooting lies. Taking those thoughts captive. I actually believe this is the one ministry we've all been given to ourselves. You know, we talk a lot about ministry to others, obviously, for obvious reasons. But I actually believe the ministry we've been given to ourselves is to minister to ourselves in the area of uprooting lies. It's one of the best things you could ever do. If you look at Psalm 91, which actually, if you look at it, it's very clear that we have a promise of divine protection. If, you're not, if we're not experiencing that divine protection in our lives, probably there's lies. And it's, it's not necessarily our fault, but deep down, we, over the years, maybe we've come into agreement. It's something we just grew up, it's the world we grew up in. It's up to us, though, to uproot those lies. It's not about looking at scriptures like that and either ignoring them because they just seem too good to be true, which can happen, or trying to think of some theological reason why that doesn't apply right now. That can happen too. Or just have, with all the best intentions, trying to believe it really hard. Oh, I really believe it. I believe it. I believe it. it faith is a gift. It's not something we're going to have to like strain and strive. It's a gift to be received. And if we're struggling to receive promises, then there's a lie that's blocking our ability to receive that promise. I'm going to ask a question which is, this is one of those questions that's like proper opening a can of worms. I'm not going to get into this subject fully in an individual level, but on a macro level. Why do you think Christians get sick? Obviously, individually, there's lots of different reasons, right? But as a whole, why do Christians get sick? I'll tell you why. It's because we believe it's possible. We expect it. So we empower it. Again, I'm not talking about individually, so I'm not saying you're believing the wrong things. As a whole, that is our normal. Think about it. We have the author of life living inside us. The very source of life. He is life. He is life himself. How would it be possible for him to touch something and for there to be anything but life there? How is that even possible? In fact, Romans 8.11 actually specifically says, and it's not talking about our new heavenly bodies, it's talking about these mortal bodies, it says, that because Holy Spirit is in you, He's regenerating that body from the inside out. 
It actually says that. Romans 8.11. Check it out. It's amazing. You know, if you were going to objectively examine these facts, and there's like a billion other promises like that in the Bible, you, you know, give them to a lawyer or somebody to look at them, they would actually say, you know what, I've examined all these facts, and I could, the only conclusion I can come to is that Christians shouldn't be getting sick. But not many of us, I'm guessing, grew up with that mo- mindset. We've been brainwashed. And here's the thing, what we believe is actually dangerous. It's dangerous because it's powerful. We've been made in his image, and he's actually entrusted to us the ability to create with our words. I'm going to just read something for you. Who's heard of uh, John G. Lake here? If you haven't read, this isn't that book, but if you haven't read the book, which is his life, his sermons, his boldness of faith, I really encourage you to read it. It is like, that will change your life, that book. Um, But this is a story that I found in another book. But basically, this is about where he was so confident in just, not about this, it's not about praying for people, but he's so confident that the tangible power and glory of God just rests on him all the time, that he called a bunch of scientists together and said, get a sick person, bring your microscope, I'm going to put my hand on him, and then you can watch under your microscope what happens to the cells. I'll read it to you. I said to them, the scientists, gentlemen, I want you to see one more thing. Go down in your hospital and bring back a man who has inflammation in the bone. Take your instrument, that's the microscope, and attach it to his leg. Leave enough space to get my hand on his leg. You can attach it to both sides. When the instrument was ready, I put my hand on the man's shin and prayed like Mother Etta's prays. No strange prayer, but the cry of my heart to God. I said, God, kill the devilish disease by your power. Let the spirit move in him. Let it live in him. Then I asked, gentlemen, what is taking place? They replied, every cell is responding. There was another story I I nearly read, which was where um, somebody else has some horrible, like, gangrene type thing on their body, and he just leaves, puts his hand on it, and then he says, okay, bye guys, see you later, and they call him the next day, and there's, like, a handprint of where the skin is restored to completely new underneath just where his hand was. Amazing. So good. Um... John G. Lake was one person who I generally, I mean, not that he got everything right, but I really believe he was living with a renewed mind when it came to walking in the power of God. And it's availability for every Christian. The crazy thing is God has made his ability, his activity in this world subject to our beliefs and declarations. He's allowing us to limit his activity in this world, or release it. Which is, if you think about it, it's an unbelievable responsibility. And that's how much authority that you and I have in the world, and over our own lives. What we believe will also determine the freedom of the Holy Spirit's activity in your own body. And so, over thousands of years, Sickness and disease have been given permission. 
Thank you, Jesus. God's just releasing that knowledge right now. It's just releasing that knowledge right now, new mindsets right now. Thank you, Father. He's just releasing a new normal right now, a new normal where heaven is your new normal. He's releasing a new normal of heaven being your new normal right now in Jesus' name. Love, joy, peace, healing in Jesus' name. Health in Jesus' name. Life in Jesus' name. You are a vessel of life. You are a vessel of life. You're an ambassador of heaven. You are empowered by heaven. You are equipped by heaven. You are filled with power and life and grace and peace and joy. You are healing rooms on legs. You are healing rooms on legs everywhere you go. You are bringing kingdom. You are bringing glory. You are bringing power. And nothing but life is possible wherever you go. You're just leaking life everywhere you go. You're leaking it everywhere you go. That's who you are. It's who you are. You are full of life. You've got so much life, you don't know what to do with it. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. You've got so much life in you, you don't know what to do with it. Wow. I feel like it's like hats being lifted off. God is just lifting off old mindsets right now in Jesus' name. Wow. Wow. Of the increase of his government and his peace, there will be no end. His government is ever increasing in your life right now. His government is ever increasing in your life right now. Thank you. It's like an infection. You're infected with heaven. You're infected with heaven and with glory and with peace and with health and with life. You're infected. Wow. And there is no cure for this infection. He's releasing that life right now in Jesus' name. He's releasing that life right now in Jesus' name. He's releasing that life right now in Jesus' name. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I just see the people in the room. It's like, it's like in their chest or in their stomach. There's like a ball of fire in them. There's just a ball of fire in them right now. There's a ball of fire. Thank you, Father. And it's just like God is doing something in you right now. God is doing something right now. And it's the eyes are being opened. Like Paul prayed, the eyes are being opened. It's Paul's prayer is the same as Habakkuk's prayer. The eyes are being opened. People are seeing. They're seeing. They're getting given the knowledge of the glory inside them. Thank you, Father. He's releasing the knowledge of the glory right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Could you, if you're able to, could you just stand? I really feel like we need to pray into this right now. Thank you, Father. You are releasing fire right now in Jesus' name. You're releasing fire and grace and life right now in Jesus' name. You're releasing fire and grace and life right now in Jesus' name. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. You're so good. You're bringing life and peace 
and joy and freedom. You're setting people free right now in Jesus' name. He's setting people free right now in Jesus' name. Wow. He says, the only person who can stop you having baptisms of fire is you. Wow. The only person who can stop you having constant baptisms of fire is you. Holy. Thank you, Jesus. Holy. Whoa. 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 I just see people having baptisms of fire on the train on the way to work. I see people having baptisms of fire in the most uncomfortable places. You're at a cash machine and you're getting a baptism of fire. Baptism of fire. Yeah. Thank you. You're doing a presentation at work. You get a baptism of fire. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Baptisms of fire right now in Jesus' name. Baptisms of fire right now in Jesus' name. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, you get to release it. You get to release it. He's already released it. You get to release that baptism of fire. Just say it to yourself. I release it. I release it. Fire. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Jesus.